Well, here we are kind of moving through this second year of the More to the Story podcast. And I'm thankful to have the music that we had just ahead of this from Phil Lager. He wrote that for this podcast. And you can find out more about Phil at lager.net, or you can find the link in our show notes. So thankful for him and kind of the fun thing that he is able to do for us by creating this music. Also, I had several people send videos of appreciation after we had our first year. I called for that on Facebook, on Facebook and several people responded. And one of those is Captain, maybe Major Dave Martinez, who maybe by the time we see this, will be serving in Indiana, but he was in Michigan before that. So real thankful for Dave and um, him giving this his little short testimonial of what the podcast has meant to him. Just want to make sure you know, too, we have some resources coming your way. Five Steps to Deeper Teaching and Preaching. That's a free resource we have available for folks. You can get that as a 45-minute video teaching in an eight-page document. You can get andymillerthird.com. Also, I have a course that's going to be coming out called Contender. It's a study in the book of Jude, and that will be coming out in July. You'll be hearing more about that in the coming days. Thanks so much for checking out this podcast. Hey, Andy, and all your listeners. My name is David Martinez, and my wife and I, we currently minister in the Salvation Army as Corps Officers of the Dearborn Heights Citadel Corps near Detroit, Michigan. Uh, More to the Story has become, uh, Shannon and I's one of our favorite podcasts, one of our must-listen-to podcasts, and I've listened to them all over the last year. Uh, we're so grateful that you are not uh, allowing the, the fallacies and the, uh, the falsities that are infiltrating the church and the Salvation Army specifically to go unchecked, and that you respond with realism, with optimism, and with hope. I think every next episode becomes my new favorite, but if I had to ad- identify one above all, it would be your, um, your interview with Oz Guinness, and specifically his line, Faithful to Whom? Uh, that's such a simple solution if we would apply it. Anyway, keep it up. I need it. We need it. Fight hard. Don't give up. God bless. Welcome to the More to the Story podcast. I'm so glad that you've come along. Today, I'm following up on a previous interview I did with Dr. John Oswalt, but I wanted to get him to answer some questions. I asked him for the five books, the five books that he thinks every Christian should read beyond the Bible, and he gave me seven. So here we go. We're going to get there. My thanks to WBS, Wesley Biblical Seminary, for sponsoring this podcast where we are training trusted leaders for faithful churches, and to Bill Roberts, a financial planner who comes at that discipline from a Christian perspective, really particularly gifted in helping people who are in ministry, dealing with tax laws and all kinds of things and housing allowances. You can find information from him at williamhroberts.com. Dr. Oswald, thanks for coming back to the podcast. Happy to. So I asked you a question. I asked you, can you give five books that you think every Christian should read? So I'm going to go through those here, and I, I we're going down. Now, don't hold them to it, folks, but I asked him to give it in order. Do you want to say something first? Yeah, I do. I do. I wouldn't say these are five books everybody should read. The, okay, these okay. are books that influenced my life. Okay. Because, uh, you know, I when you think of the millions of books that have been written— you know, for instance, someone would say uh, Augustine's Confessions. Sure, sure. Or uh, Blaise Pascal's Pensées. Right, right. Uh, some of these are, are great books, and but should every Christian read them? Uh, I don't know. Okay. So what I've got to say is these are books that shape my life. <laughs> amen, amen. And really, there's probably 200 books that everybody should oh, read, right? Yeah, yeah, at least yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, hundreds. So we're not holding people to that. Go ahead, Dr. And Rachel. I yeah. also, I, I have been a great reader of fiction. Okay. There, there are a lot of, in fact, I'll, I'll mention one. It's not on our list here, but I'll mention uh, an author that has uh, shaped my communication 
uh, how how do you express things? How do right, you right. explain things? And so uh, so fiction has been a, a large part of my reading career. Who's one of your the fiction authors that you like the best? Well, it's someone I don't think anybody would probably know. Her name is Elizabeth Googe. Okay. G O U D G E. She she is dead now. She was a Christian, and her books have a very distinct Christian flavor, but not in quite the evangelistic note that some modern uh, Christian books have. Okay. But but the Christian worldview breathes through them. And I'll I'll talk about one of them. Uh, so I have I have loved her book. She's written about twenty and. Uh, Wow, I love. Now, when when I was at in seminary, my one of my favorite classes, actually the favorite class I ever ta- uh, took of any class, was Ellsworth Callis's preaching class. Ah. and he required in the preaching class to read a piece of fiction yeah. and then to write about it and then write like how you could use it. And that's always stuck with me. It's like it's so easy to get caught up in theological literature and commentaries, but to know know how people actually communicate and yes. tell a story. Yes, is so important. and and how to tell a story. How to how to use words that are colorful and grasping, and uh, you're not going to get that in the scholarly stuff. <laughs> well, and you do that in your preaching too. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Like you have a sense of structure and storyline, like where we're going down to the depths with you, and you kind of bring us up generally. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> so so uh, yeah, every now and then I'm like, oh man. And, and I also I've always loved the way that you are able to communicate dramatically. Like it's such a key thing. So, so if you like Dr. Oswald's preaching, that means you probably should read some fiction, folks. Let's just throw that out there. Okay, so we understand your provisio here, yeah. and just bear with the fact that yeah. I have some clickbait in my title. Okay. Seventh. So the seventh book that you have, Amy Carmichael. The Edges of His Ways. Um, Amy Carmichael was a missionary in India in the early 20th century. She was a misfit. Uh, she just didn't fit into the standard missionary mode, and uh, but she discovered that little unwanted Indian girls mm. were sold to the temples to become temple prostitutes, and so she created an orphanage, mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, to save those girls, then she discovered the darker secret that little boys were sometimes sold as well, yeah. and so she developed. When she was fifty-one years old. Uh, God, God blessed the thing, and it was growing. In a twilight evening, she was looking at some construction work and fell into a ditch that had not been covered, broke an ankle, and they thought, well, she'd be in bed maybe for three weeks. She was in bed for the next 20 years. Wow. It went into arthritis. In that 20 years, she wrote some 30 books wow. that are just overflowing with devotion to God, love for God, um, renunciation, and that's Edges of Her Ways is one of those, of his ways, is one of those books that uh, speaks to that. Oh, the, I love it. The reality of a life surrendered to him. Not just, it's not necessarily biographical talking about her story. No, this not one. exactly, okay. no. I'm sorry that this is one of the books on your list that I didn't know, so I'm glad to pick it up myself. Yeah. Number six on your list, St. John of the Cross. This was one that came to me out of the blue. Uh, A friend of mine at the uh, seminary, on the seminary faculty, we would sometimes uh, uh, trade books and and try to do each other out of. (laughs) And one of the books that I traded, that I received in a trade, was St. John of the Cross. 
St. John of the Cross was a, a Catholic priest, uh, I think Spanish, uh, in the 1500s. He was the spiritual director for a lot of nuns. Hmm. And a lot of the nuns would come to him saying, God has left me. Hmm. When I first met him, he was so real, he was so precious. And now he's gone. It is darkness. Hmm. And he counsels them. Uh, and, and this, again, I was totally unprepared for this. He says, you were in love with the feeling of God. Interesting. God has withdrawn the feelings. Wow. He has not withdrawn himself. Wow. Do you love God or do you love the feeling of wow. God? Wow. <laughs> and that was, that was really an eye-opener for me. Uh, yeah. wh what is this about? Is this about my feelings? Mm. Or is it about his reality shaping my behavior? Wow. That is beautiful. Um, the fifth book you have has had a similar impact on people and obviously impacted John Wesley as well, Thomas Akempis's The Imitation of Christ. Yes. So this, this book, you know, well, I'll, I'll let you talk about it, okay? <laughs> again, it made a deep impression on me, and I'm so thankful yeah. for it. Again, a, a Catholic monk who is really into this whole question of what does it mean to be a Christian? Mm. Uh, and I think, I think so much of what is wrong with the evangelical church in North America is right here. Uh, to be a Christian is to be forgiven of my sins and guaranteed a place in heaven. Thomas Akempis says, absolutely not. Mm. To be a Christian is to walk as Christ walked. Amen. To walk with yes. him, to walk in him, and to replicate his life in your behavior. Amen. Not some tra transactional, how do I get in? Exactly. You know, let me in here. Please, please, please don't. This is, this is a dynamic relationship. Yes. And this is like, in my tradition, we say we believe that uh, we can have a continued obedient faith in Christ, this yes. regular relationship. And uh, it's, it's been more and more a part of my preaching in recent years. Um, several years ago, I looked at all the occurrences of walk in the Bible. Okay. Three quarters of them refer to your behavior. Mm. Only one quarter to physical movement. Interesting. So the whole thing, and you go back, you go back to Genesis 17.1. Abram, Walk before me mm. and be whole. Wow. King James will say perfect. Yep. Be whole. But the term is what's used for a sacrificial lamb. And to give a sacrificial lamb, it has to be whole. Mm. You can't give a three-legged lamb. Yes, yes. <laughs> you can't give a one-eyed lamb. It has to be whole. Oh, my. Can I walk with God? and become all that I was ever meant to be. Mm. Amen. Now, I heard That's you say at Indian Springs one time, Indian Springs Holiness Camp yeah. meeting, well, I'll, I'll be there next year, and I've heard you from that pulpit many times, but I believe you said there one time, the word for discipleship in the Old Testament for discipleship is walk. Yep. Yeah. Yep. There's a, this regular sense of how we're moving. When, with, when and, and this is what Jesus said. He didn't say, come be my disciple. Mm. He said, come walk after me. Mm, follow me. Oh, beautiful. Okay, so that's your that's number five. Number four, <laughs> coming down to the great missionary, Hudson Taylor. Yes, yes. Hudson Taylor was called to be a missionary. He went and founded China Inland Mission. He uh, 
really pioneered dressing like the Chinese, not mm -hmm. looking like a European, but looking like the Chinese. But he came to the very end of himself. He was worn out. He was broken. Didn't know how to go on. And his sister wrote to him from England and said, I've come across this hymn. It says, Jesus, I am resting, resting in the joy of what thou art, mm. daily finding out the greatness of thy loving heart. Hudson, perhaps you need to rest. Mm. And that was his spiritual secret, the spiritual secret of letting go of his efforts, of his struggles, of his attempts to be something or somebody, mm -hmm. and to genuinely allow Christ to reproduce himself in him through rest. Mm. You know, one of the passages that I've, I've struggled to understand and, and to interpret throughout the years, and I think it's like a, the challenge that the Spirit has for me for my life is Hebrews 4. You know, that they shall not enter my rest, right? And then there's this in, this image that draws us back, you know, to the people of Israel and the, the, the promised land being the place of rest. Uh, I, I say that because I tried to preach a sermon on this um, one time. <laughs> I said, try. And uh, Ellsworth Callis, who I mentioned earlier, said to me, he said, uh, after I preached it and he evaluated me, well, um, I tried to preach a sermon on Hebrews 4 as well one time, and I decided it was too hard. Maybe you should too, Andy. <laughs> now, I say that as a way of, uh, thank you, Dr. Callis, and, and glory. I uh, still still honor you. But I think the idea is, like, there's something about that. It's it's so mysterious oh, yes. and important. Yes. Like, it's yes. not something to shy yes. away from. He yes. wasn't saying, don't ever look at this again. But it's almost too deep for me to get that here, here's this person who goes to China and still senses God's call to rest. Yes. You want to add to that? Uh, forgive me, but I think it's especially hard for a Salvation Army officer <laughs> <laughs> for whom work, yeah. <laughs> to the work, to the right, work. Right, right, to the fight. Yeah, yeah, I know. Forward to the fight. That's what I, my, my slogan used to be. Yeah. This is um, a story from the life of E. Stanley Jones, famous missionary to India. Mm -hmm. he, very similar to this, though not the same wording. He was there for five years, I think it was, and suffered a nervous breakdown. He came back to the United States to recover, went back to India, and in a few weeks was in the same place. Mm. And as he tells it, he was lying on the floor in the back of a church in Calcutta saying, God, it is over. Mm. I cannot go on. I am broken. It's too much. And he says, God said to me, Stanley, if you'll give me your all, I'll give you my all. Amen. And he says, I sealed the deal on the spot. Amen. And have been hugging myself ever since for being so smart. Uh -huh. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, the same, it's the same principle. Right, this reciprocation. Stop yeah. trying to do it yourself. Amen. Stop trying to do my work for me and let me do my work through you. I mean, this is an emphasis, I think, in, your own, in, in the last podcast we had, we talked about the Bible amongst yeah. myths. I mean, this is the same thing, like trying to say, we create our own reality. Yes, yes, you know, it's something yes. that comes from outside of us. Yes. Okay, I'm going to move us on. Yep. And number three, Mere Christianity by Easy by, by, by C.S. Lewis. C.S. Lewis. Uh, this is one book that every Christian should There you read. go. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, there is one of them. <laughs> and I say that because... It's rather like the Bible in that the simplest person 
can read it and get the sense of it, and the most profound person will be challenged by it. Mm. That's, that's a remarkable yeah. piece of writing. Yes, that's a yes. remarkable piece of writing. So that there he really, and of course, uh, we don't use mere the same way that it used to be. What he means is basic. Right, right. Simplest. And, and this is what Christianity is at its core. And so he walks us right through uh, in, again, very simple and yet very profound language. I mean, a statement like to be fully human mm -hmm. is to have your passions in the control of your will and your will in the control of God. Mm. That's mm. to be fully human. Mm -hmm. Those kinds of statements that just, those nuggets that jump out at you throughout. So I suppose I've read it three times. Mm. Uh, and uh, every time again, I'm, I'm oh, yeah, 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 that's right. <laughs> yes. I mean, for all the way down from like kind of the moral law arguments for God's existence yeah. to yeah. the existence, the basic apologetics questions, but also spiritual questions. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Okay, number two, uh, the shadow of the Almighty. I have heard, I, I, don't, I don't know the basis for it, but I've heard that between 1958 and 1962, some 6,000 missionaries were sent out because of the influence of the five who died in Ecuador. Mm. Jim Elliott was one of those five, uh, and uh, uh, the, the picture of his body floating in the, uh, whatever the name Amazon of that river. river? Not, not I don't think right. it's the Amazon. Okay. It's, it's a feeder of the Amazon with a spear sticking in his back. Wow. Uh, 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 so his wife, Elizabeth Elliot, wrote his biography. And it was especially impressive to me uh, as a college student because it really is the, the life story of a young man who is choosing to live for Christ. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it's from that book, and it, which is from his diary, that the line comes, he is no fool who gives his life to gain what he can never lose. Mm, amen. Yeah. And so that simply the story, and, you know, and he was, he was not a wimp. He was a man's man. Yeah. Uh, uh, the example of that kind of flat out living uh, just shaped all my thinking. Wow. Did you ever interact with Elizabeth Elliot? Uh, once or twice. Okay. <clears throat> but only sort of in passing we were, <coughs> we were together at a dinner table, uh, okay. and I told her that at the time. But. Yeah, what a blessing. Well, we're going to get to number one here, <laughs> Dr. John Oswald's most influential books on his life, and I say a book you should probably read then, too. But before I do that, you go to my website and sign up for my email list, and you can get a quick tool that I think will be really helpful to you. It's not a quick process. It really means getting into Scripture in a kind of more full way, and it's five tips to deeper teaching and preaching and what this is, is a 45-minute teaching from me and a five-page PDF document that I think you'll find really helpful. But I, I just say that because we want to go deeper here. We want to have a deeper expression of our faith, and we're getting more to the story. And one of the books, Dr. Oswald, that has led you to a deeper life, and the number one book on your list, Oswald Chamberlain's Chambers, My Utmost for His Highest. This, of course, is a selection from his sermons, 
made by his wife. Uh, amazing story. His wife had learned shorthand. Oswald Chambers never wrote a book. Wow. She took down every one of his messages by shorthand. Wow. And when he died in Egypt at age 44 of fever during the First World War, she then published his messages. Every book by Oswald Chambers is the result of his wife's work. Mm. And then she selected from his sermons what she felt were the nuggets, and they have been printed as my utmost for his highest. So far as I know, this continues to be the best-selling devotional book in the world. Mm. The next one after it is one of our own, Streams in the Desert by Letty Kalman. Right, uh, right, right. Oriental Missionary Society, OMS Society now, One Mission Society. But I always liken Oswald Chambers to a cold shower. <laughs> <laughs> he beats you up in the morning. That's how I feel if you read him in the morning. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, you can feel real good about yourself. <laughs> and then he describes, and again, again, one of his lines that I've never gotten over, sin may express itself in indecorous immorality or decorous morality. Mm. But it is the same thing, my right to myself. Mm. Decorous morality. What would that be? Uh, help, help me. That, that, uh, that's when I often I'll sit there with East Stanley Jones. I mean, oh, sorry, with I do read East Stanley Jones too, with Oswald Chambers. And boy, I am working through it. I'm okay. trying to figure out. Help me there. Decorous is the same root as decorative. Okay. Pretty. Right. Decorous right, right, right. morality. Pretty, nice, beautiful morality. Or indecorous, ugly, nasty right, sure. immorality. But either way, it's but the, the same thing. the root is the same thing. My right to myself. Mm. So, so how how often have you how often have you done oh, that devotional book? Do you do it every day, no, or just like every so every, like no, take no, a no, year and no, you do it? No, I I use a different devotional book every year. Okay, uh, I've probably gone through it four or five times in my life. Okay, yeah, uh, and then of course there's uh, Dennis Kinlaw's This Day with the Master. I right, usually go through that every three or four years. I also found one that in, in some ways, uh, when I look at, I've got a little notebook where I write notes on stuff that I've thought about or read about, and as I look at the notes, F.B. Meyer, okay, Baptist pastor uh, in the Keswick movement in England yeah, uh, in, yeah. the, in the 1800s, I forget what, it, his first name is Featherston, <laughs> and uh, the second name is also equally horrible. I see why he went by FB. Yeah, sure, <laughs> absolutely. But he has a set called Our Daily Homily, okay. where he does one thought for each chapter of the Bible, mm -hmm. and uh, uh, profound. Mm. So I've gone through that one. Two or three times as I love, well. I love hearing about these daily practices that you have. And and then then uh, not quite as commonly as Meyer, but but several times I've done uh, 
one of Stanley Jones's devotional right. books. Right. He has many of those. So yes. I have to, yeah, I, I have had a decade of doing mm-hmm. doing those. Mm-hmm. And they repeat themselves a little bit, but very intense and very deep. And also it's fed my preaching and my own spiritual yep. life quite yep. a bit. And I, as has Oswald Chambers. I remember I got it when I became a Salvation Army soldier at 14. My grandfather handed me one. <laughs> so it was a great blessing. Well, thank you so much for spending. Now, I want to highlight, too, you have a, a blog, right, where you regularly pl- post. Is it every week? Do you post? Once a week. Okay. So some thoughts on things going on in culture and biblical reflections as well? Yeah, it's it's it will the design is it will appear as a devotional book. Okay. I'm I'm on three hundred and sixteen now, I okay. think. Okay. So what's what's your year. blog? What's it, it the blog is one word called to be transformed dot net. Okay. Okay, great. And, well, thank and you, you can that. you can hit a button there and it will be sent to your email. Great. Well, I'm so. so glad that we have that. And we'll make sure to include that in our show notes so people can go and do that really quickly. Dr. Oswald, it means so much to me. That Thank you. Spent you spent some time with me today. Thanks for sharing this list with us and spending so much time. Thank you. Privilege. God, God Privilege. bless you. Thanks for joining us on the More to the Story podcast. We'll see you next time.